It's a time the betting predators podcast, where main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by player prop expert, fantasy football expert Chris Dell. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Mad Journalist. It is M A D D Journalist. You guys could always get us at thebettingpredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go. Super Bowl 57. We got the Kansas City Chiefs. We have the Philadelphia Eagles. Chris and I are going to go ahead and talk through the game, talk through all the props. We'll go through the game props, player props, uh, pretty much everything for the Super Bowl. Um, as of right now, you're listening to this. This will probably be broken into two parts. So make sure you guys go ahead and take a look for part two. And then myself, Uncle Dave and Steve also did a podcast as well. And uh, we'll have that up shortly. So make sure you guys check that out. So well, that'll be pretty much our Super Bowl content. But you know, this is Chris's wheelhouse. This is his bread and butter. This is where he makes all his money. You know, we're talking player props. You guys followed him two weeks ago for the championship games. You saw how you did. You did well. You made some money. So we're going to go ahead and try to do that for you guys. Uh, now, Chris, Super Bowl, your Bengals not there. I know you're not happy about that. I'm not happy about that, obviously. You know, I was rooting for your team uh, all season long. I think I kind of became a a Bengals fan, you know, recently. And, and re- honestly, not by, not because you ever pushed me in there. I think I've made you a stronger Bengals fan over the last two years than, than you've made me a Bengals fan. Was it, would you say that's true? I mean, you know, the love's always been there, man. I, I was watching them since like I was 10, 11 years old when I first started watching football when the quarterback was Keely Smith and then Jeff Blake, those guys before the Carson Palmer era began in the early 2000s. So I was always there, but there were some rough years in, in between each of those era, eras. And then the whole Andy Dalton, Marvin Lewis era, we don't have to get started on that. So last year for me, I told you from day one, Sleepy, I was going to be happy if they won one playoff game because it was like almost a 20-something year drought and they got that done and they went all the way to the Super Bowl and they had a second half lead in the Super Bowl. So last year completely blew my expectations away. This year, man, I was a little bit worried about the Super Bowl hangover. I was a little bit worried about, you know, how well could they play when teams were expecting them, what could, what they could do on offense, et cetera. And, and they exceeded my expectations again, man. Like I, I thought that the Chiefs and Bengals were evenly matched. And how hard is it to go into Arrowhead Stadium and win three, four times in a row in a span of less than two years? The fact that they were even in that game and had a chance to win at the end, I, I was really, really impressed by not just how they played in that game despite the loss, but just how they played all year long. People were talking about before the season started, they had a brutal second half schedule. They swept that entire second half schedule. They were probably one of the best one or two teams in the NFL from the second half of the season onward. So it was just the offensive line, man. We talked about it before we started recording here. The Bengals have one glaring weakness and it's the offensive line. It's a bottom five unit in the league without, especially with the injuries they had. The Chiefs don't have a bottom five glaring weakness. The Eagles don't have a bottom five glaring weakness. And I think the two best teams are in the Super Bowl. However, I, I actually do really like the Bengals 10 to one to win the Super Bowl ne- uh, next year because the owner, Mike Brown, he came in last summer and signed three offensive linemen. Unfortunately, two of those three didn't play in the final game of the season. They both got hurt. Lyle Collins, Alex Kappa. If he does the same thing again, signs three more, all of a sudden they got six quality linemen that they have depth in case guys get hurt, in case multiple guys get hurt. And I think he will do that because he showed us that he was willing to do it last year. They bring back T. Higgins. They re-sign Joe Burrow. I think they make it a, a team-friendly contract despite him making a lot of money. And, you know, cut loose guys like Joe Mixon, Jesse Bates, that despite them being very good players, it just might not fit in salary cap-wise. I'm very bullish on Cincinnati next year to make a true run to this Super Bowl and win it in just Joe Burrow's third year as a starter. And then Zach Taylor made massive improvements 
uh, from you know the previous year to this past season. I was very impressed with him. I, I like him as like a culture setter in the locker room, and I think his game planning, his X to nose, also saw improvement as well. I really hope Lou Anaruma comes back. I know he's a finalist for the Cardinals job. But yeah, man, like I'm, I'm finally there. Like I really think this team should be one of the top three, but I think they're priced as like number four or five and they're priced like Buffalo's like plus 450, plus 500, somewhere in that range, plus 600. Bengals are 10 to one. Those, those two should be flip-flop in my opinion. So I, I actually do think there's value on the Bengals 10 to one to win the Super Bowl next year. All right. Well, I mean, it seems like right now that everything has to go through Kansas City. And I think, you know, if the Bengals could – Going to get a couple more wins, you know, a couple early season losses for him this year didn't help them out. But one way or another, you're going to run into Mahomes. I mean, with this particular roster, and, and if you ask me, the rosters with Kansas City were better, you know, the last couple of years. You still got to go through Mahomes. Like, it is what it is. I mean, you can argue, you know, if he's the best quarterback in the league. Uh, after what I saw him do last week, you know, on a, on a bummed out ankle, um, you know, it's hard to say that he's not the best quarterback in the league. I mean, he's he's there. He's either one or two. Well, you also can't say that Burrow's now, to me, undisputed number two in the in the league. And I think the Bengals, if they even have a mediocre offensive line, they win that game against Kansas City. So they're right there, and 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 that's as happy as I can be as as a lifelong Bengals fan. Hopefully, they can sure that up. But I think Kansas City's going to have their hands full here with Philly. Like you said, these are two best teams. Not a lot of holes with these two teams. Do we even want to talk about San Francisco? Because we didn't have a chance to do a recap, really. You know, unfortunate for them. You know, Brock Purdy stepped in, had a really good end of the regular season, kind of tailed off a little bit, you know, in the playoffs. But, I mean, that team was stacked all around. You know, if they had a quarterback that, you know, obviously he got hurt. But even if he if he goes out there and he just plays, you know, the way that he played in the regular season and, and let's just say somewhat in the playoffs, you know, at least that game's close. Like, they got blown out. Um, you know, you and I were talking like, you know, Josh, Charlie, he's not going to do anything. Like, what's he going to do? Um, it was just a deflating loss for, for San Francisco. I actually wonder how they handle that. You know, do they come in salty? Do they have enough money to hold on to all these players? It's going to be interesting to see what that team does, but no, Philly took care of them. They handled their business. They looked pretty good in that game. Um, why don't we go ahead? Let's start out with quarterback props. You know, we'll do the quarterbacks. We'll do all the head-to-head stuff. We'll do the TD props. We'll talk MVP. We'll, we'll do that. But it, it, that seemed to work really well for us when we did our championship podcast with the props. So let's start out with quarterback stuff. How about Mahomes? Are you worried about his health? Is there any particular props right now that, that are just at the top of your list? You know, Sleepy, I, that's probably the one area where I, I don't really think there's much of an edge in the market. Um, the only prop that I played – for quarterbacks is the head-to-head, but it's a combined prop. I actually like Mahomes and Hurts under 541 and a half combined passing yards, and I think you can make an argument here that we have we have two uh, above-average defenses. Obviously, Philly, one of the top defense in the league, two shutdown corners, elite defensive line. Mahomes still not 100%. Hurts still not 100% either. He took a big, sh- big shot to his shoulder in that game against San Francisco, and they really didn't throw the ball after and on the few throws that he had, they were pretty bad throws. So I'm not going to take too much from that, but I, I do think we can confidently say both quarter quarterbacks are less than 100%. We have a really good defensive line on Kansas City coming in as well with Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Carlos Dunlap, et cetera. So I respect both defense in this game. We've seen Andy Reid play close to the vest when it comes to being a little conservative in the playoffs in years past. I mean, they, they just won a game where they scored – 
less than 27 points against the Bengals in the AFC Championship game. A lot of people thought that was going to be a shootout. They were punting the ball away where a lot of people thought they should have went for it in Bengal territory late in that game as well. And then we have a first-year coach in Sirianni. He's been aggressive as hell this year, but does he play a little conservative as well? It's, it's such a big game with such high stakes, with such a dangerous offense, offensive attack on the Chiefs' side on the other side of the field there. So those are some reasons there. I, I think that uh, I'm going to go under that prop where I think that if the Eagles have success, they win comfortably, they win by margin, or even if they win and cover the spread, we could see a run-heavy attack here against what could be a, a, a leaky Chiefs run defense. And on the other side, Mahomes has a tough matchup against these corners from Philadelphia. So I, I really like that under combined prop. I bet it when it was in the 530s and actually got steamed up. I should have waited on that one. That's probably one of like maybe like 40 props I didn't get closing line value on. And it was uh, 545 the other the other day. So it's kind of in the mi- middle of what I bet it at and what the current uh, what the market was a few days ago. But I do like anything in that 535 uh, to 540 range under for those combined passing yards. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. I think you have to take the health into into consideration. And this is probably going to be, in my opinion, this is going to be the toughest pass defense that that Mahomes has seen. So I I would be with you there. Now, I went ahead and I tried to fade Mahomes. I'm like, he's not going to be healthy. You know, the Bengals know how to go ahead and and play against this guy. He's, you know, literally shut them. You know, I don't want to say shut him down, but, you know, in the second half of football games, like Mahomes has really had a tough time against the Bengals. And it didn't matter. Like he beat me in all the props that I played. I went ahead. I, I was like almost like an all-out fade on Mahomes, and uh, yeah, it didn't work out too well. One of the plays I actually like when it comes to the quarterbacks would probably be Jalen Hurts under um, his his attempts, and a lot of that is due to you know what Philly was able to do the last two games. You know they were able to run against the Giants, able to run against San Francisco, and let's just say Hurts isn't a hundred percent. Um, do, do you want him out here throwing the football where we know he's not going to be probably deadly accurate if his arm's not 100%? And if they can go back and just say, look, we were able to run the ball. You know, we could run the ball in Kansas City. Let's just do that. Um, I, I think that, that'll that limit that a little bit, uh, chew a lot of the clock. And, like, it's not like Philly's not able to gobble up first downs and shit like that, so they've been able to do that. But I think one of the things that probably a lot of people aren't considering is that the chiefs moved the chains. And that's one of the things that a lot of people with Philadelphia um, have just not been able to do. And if Kansas city could actually move the chains in this game, I think that that's going to limit, you know, the amount of time that, that Philadelphia has the ball in their hands. Like Philly is one, like, I mean, go back. I mean, there's games where, where that team literally, they didn't even punt. I mean, some of the, I think against the giants, I think they punted maybe once, but go back through the season and, like Philadelphia would, would kill teams with, with time of possession sometimes just because they had the ball so much because their defense wasn't on the field that long. Um, so I would lean I would lean strongly probably to, to Hurts under his attempts. Um, and I like Philly for the game, so I wouldn't I wouldn't expect Philly to, to need to throw, so I have to throw that into the handicap as well. So it would be under attempts for me with that. Um, as far as like the interceptions and stuff like that, like the – it's tough because we don't know the health, Chris. So for me right now, it's more let me kind of get a little bit closer to the game and, and kind of feel out, you know, how these guys are feeling, how they're looking and, and all the reports and stuff like that. And then maybe do some more. But I was looking more running back, wide receiver, you know, defense stuff. So quarterbacks for me, believe it or not, it's kind of, you know, one of the least props that I like. One other one I forgot to mention, Sleepy, and I found this on Superbook's prop sheet, is you can bet – Jalen Hurts over just one passing touchdown, flat number, minus 190. 
I actually like this bet. If he just gets one, you push, and you don't have to worry about the 1.5, which I think is more of an accurate number given the health status of, or unknown health status of him in addition to the running game here. So uh, that, that's another prop that I do like that I gave to our premium subscribers earlier in the week. I'm not sure what the odds are now, uh, but I do like him over the flat number of one. If you can find that anywhere out there where the odds are like less than minus 200. Well, the good thing about that is if he gets one, you're going to get your money back. I, I have a hard time seeing him. At the end of the day, this is a pass funnel defense from the Chiefs. I have a hard time seeing Hurts, even if he isn't 100%, with all the weapons he has, I have a hard time seeing him not get at least one passing touchdown in his first Super Bowl when we got a game total in the 50s. So I, I, I do really like that one as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there should be no reason why we don't actually bet that one. That's, that's a good prop. And that's one of the things about, you know, the Super Bowl is like, you know, you can go from one book to the other and you're going to find – um, you know, hundreds and hundreds of props. And then the one book's going to have all this cool stuff and that you find. And then, you know, there's going to be another book that has all this cool stuff too. So, <clears throat> so, you know, one of the things about listening to the podcast is you're going to get a different opinion from Chris and I, who are looking across, you know, multiple sports books. So this stuff's out there and, you know, if, if, you know, we'll cite the book if we can, you know, where we got this stuff, but, but there's obviously a lot of stuff to, to go ahead and bet. Um, let's talk some running backs here. Not sure how you're feeling about the running back stuff. If you lock down on anything, I, I, I guess I'll, I'll throw this out there. MVP, right? This is a quarterback's award. Like it's like you really got to come up with something special in order to win this award. I mean, what is it? I mean, they're probably like 80% over like the last like 40 years of winning this award, but I think Pacheco actually stands a chance. And here's the only reason why I would ever say that. Uh, running backs, obviously, they don't need to help. We've seen this before with what's his name. I think it was the the Chiefs running back who who should have won the MVP in Williams when uh, when Kansas City won the Super Bowl. At least he got my vote. One of the things I think you need with some of these players is you need a guy who's returning kicks or returning punts, and Pacheco does that. And on the other side for Philly, you have like Boston Scott's probably going to be their guy, or you know Britton Covey, but Covey doesn't get he doesn't get touches. But Pacheco's going to get touches in this game. So if you guys are looking for like a real, like, you know, a guy out there that, that could potentially win and it doesn't be because of his backfield play, it could be, you know, if Pacheco goes out there and has a touchdown and a hundred yards or something crazy like that, and he ends up returning a kick and that's what wins the Super Bowl, there's your MVP. And it's what, you know, he's probably 120 to one or something crazy like that. So, you know, just take guys that are, that are returning kicks in, into, into consideration, but I'm not sure how you're feeling with the running backs there, Chris, but have you locked in on anything yet? Yeah, well, what I will say with the well, – well, I'll give you my full thoughts on MVP when we get there, but what I will say is that since 2000, uh, there have been 13 Super Bowl MVP quarterbacks, which is actually less than 60%. However, there have been zero running backs. There was that one year where, where a lot of people said that James White should have won it over Brady. Then you mentioned Damian Williams. He had a case over Mahomes, even though I still think Mahomes should have got that one, but it was close. Um, wide receivers, five. So 13 for quarterbacks, five for wide receivers, and then four for defensive players. So if you combine the defensive players, you're at 18%, you're at 23% for receivers, and then the remaining 59% are for quarterbacks. So the quarterback MVP award at, actually dips by 20 plus percent going from the regular season to the Super Bowl. And we've seen, uh, the the voters at least more willing to give it to wide receivers or standout defensive players. Last year it was Cup. If Cup didn't win it last year, 
I think you could make a strong case that would have been Aaron Donald and Stafford might have been third or fourth on that list there. So I do think yet there's a valid argument for maybe a Miles Sanders, like Pacheco, like you said, even though it's hard for me to see them giving it to him despite the game that Damian Williams had a few years back where he could have won but didn't. Uh, but there could be that value in there in terms of what the odds are. I have some thoughts on that in terms of like if the Eagles win, who could win? MVP with some nice long shots. We can get that into that a little bit later. But speaking of running back props for me, um, it's mostly unders, man. Uh, I think that for me, what I'm trying to do, Sleepy, is I want to attack Jarek McKinnon's declining role in this Chiefs offense. And when you look at what he's done over the last couple of weeks, he's played a season, he's ran a season low routes in this offense for two straight weeks. And what is the, what do those two straight weeks have in common with the Chiefs season? Well, they were the two most important games of the year for Kansas City. And in the two most important games of the year, they reduced Jarek McKinnon's role drastically in this offense. I like McKinnon under his rushing yards. He's having a hard time even topping four or five carries per game, going up against a stout defensive line for Philly. Um, I also like him. I don't know if you can get this anymore. We got great closing line value on all these bets in our Discord since last week when a lot, when we had the availability to give out McKinnon props early, like two weeks ago before the Super Bowl. Uh, I liked him under three and a half receptions. Now the line's at two and a half. I would not bet under two and a half. Maybe I would try to middle that and just bet over two and a half, under three and a half. Uh, but Isaiah Pacheco had double the targets and almost double the routes run in the biggest game of the year against the Bengals last week. And you add that to the fact that the Eagles are actually bottom 10 in the league. One of their weaknesses is defending receiving running backs. It's clear at this point in the year, you don't have to be a scout. You don't have to play football. One snap of football in your life, it's clear that Pacheco has way more juice as the rookie compared to McKinnon, a guy who used to have that juice. He's had multiple knee injuries over the year. He's an aged running back now, and I think the Chiefs recognize that. Then you throw in the fact that CEH, he's going to play Sunday, and he might only get like two, three, four snaps. Well, maybe he gets 10 snaps, and that's more snaps, more routes, more targets, more carries to take away from Jarek McKinnon, whose role we've already seen decline in consecutive weeks now. So for me, I'm buying what I see in terms of what the Chiefs are showing us on the field, and they're showing us a willingness to give the keys to Pacheco and take them away from McKinnon. I have three unders from McKinnon. I'm on his under-rushing receiving combined yards. I'm on his under-rushing yards, and I'm on his under-receptions, but only at the three and a half. So that's how I'm looking to attack the running back usage and what we've seen over the last couple of weeks of the playoffs here. Yeah. McKinnon let me down. I was, uh, I was highly disappointed with him in the last game. I'll tell you the guy that really stuck out to me. The last two games was Kenneth Gainwell. Now look, I get it. Miles Sanders is their number one. You can't not look at what Gainwell did the last two games and not think that there were things that worked in that game for Philadelphia with you, you just using him and the success that he had, like he was running with a purpose. And I think that they're going to end up looking back at the game tape and be like, you know what? That's a good play. That's a good play. That's a good play. This worked, that worked. So he's going to get extra touches and he's more than likely probably going to get used out of the backfield, you know, get a couple catches here. So I hit this early. I, I ended up playing Kenneth Gainwell over 30 and a half rushing and receiving yards. It's up to 34 and a half right now on DraftKings, but shop around. You know, if you can get anywhere, you know, from 30 to 35, I think that that's fine. Go ahead and play him over. And I get it. Like, Miles Sanders is the number one. But when a guy comes in and, and gives you that type of a spark and he he says, like, here's what I can do. 
well, then Philadelphia is just stupid if they don't go ahead and throw an extra couple of plays at him. Not because of the success, just the fact that these things may work. And if you find things that are going to work, you know, especially in the Super Bowl, you're going to use them. So uh, I think Kenneth Gainwell, although he sprouted, you know, like the last two games, I don't think that we want to go away from him and kind of like, jump on that fade train um, just because of the success that he's had, you know, the last two games. So that's the one running back prop that I like. And it's interesting, too, Chris, as you were talking, you know, about McKinnon having a reduced role. Well, we were just talking a little bit about the MVP thing when I was talking about Pacheco. But if you look at, like, the rushing receiving yards, he's up there. He's, like, one of the top guys. Like, it's A.J. Brown, it's Kelsey, and the next guy is Pacheco. Like, that, that's those are the top three guys when it comes to, you know, the overall yardage. So just throwing that out there, if you think that there's going to be a reduced role, and I think there will be a reduced role here for McKinnon, I don't know if CEH gets in there. I doubt it. I think they just might go with Pacheco because he was so big for them. Um, again, it's a guy, you know, they might want to target in, in the MVP market. So um, that's kind of what I had there for the running backs. I, I'm i more inclined, actually, to, to kind of bet Sanders under. And I don't know if you like that or not, but that's kind of just what I was thinking. Because I do think Gainwell will have a – I think Gainwell's going to have a, a bigger role. And I think Jalen Hurts' legs are going to have a bigger role here, too. So that's kind of where I'm at with the running backs. If we want to talk quarterbacks rushing rushing yards – I guess this would be the time to do it. I do like Hertz over. Uh, I played that over 49 and a half. It really hasn't moved a whole hell of a lot, but I do think he'll use his legs in this game uh, far more than he than he did in the last. So it's kind of where I'm at with the rushers right now. Man, you know, one of my favorite – I've I've given out about 40-something props. We've got about 15 premium NFL props as part of our premium package on Discord and a bunch of f- fun props, novelty props, game props, things like that. One fun prop, uh, kind of novelty, Super Bowl exotic prop, whatever you want to call it, that I like. Uh, the only one I actually have for Eagles running back so far in terms of an over, uh, I have one under, one over on Miles Sanders. I actually might like Miles Sanders' first quarter rushing yards over 12 and a half. I've seen this at 15 and a half at some other books, but we know that the Eagles are going to come out and try, try to run the ball uh, against this defensive line of the Chiefs, which has struggled at times. They've been really good at the pass rush in terms of getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks, but not so good in terms of defending the run. Uh, And Miles Sanders, if he gets going, it's likely early in this game. If the Eagles somehow cover the spread, win by margin here, we've seen them without hesitation go to guys like Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott for second quarter, third quarter carries to kind of milk the clock and win these games here. So first quarter rushing yards for Miles Sanders, 12 and a half. I think the first quarter of the first half is going to win, when he's going to get a majority of his carries. And if they fall behind, that that's likely to go away later in the game as well because he doesn't play on many passing downs. So that's one that I like. My, my What might be my favorite prop of the entire Super Bowl, honestly, in terms of all-player props, is Miles Sanders under one-and-a-half catches. We got some really good closing line value on the odds there. Uh, and you can still bet, bet this and pay a little bit of juice there. But uh, we were able to bet it at minus 165. I think it's close to like minus 200 something now. But, dude, Miles Sanders hasn't had more than one target, Sleepy, since week 14. He's gone like six straight games with one target or less, multiple games in that stretch with zero targets. He had a knee brace on against the Saints. It's possible he's not also 100%, which is also why I like the first quarter to be his best quarter, so to speak. And his receiving yards, he hasn't had more than 15 receiving yards since week 12. So I'm very inclined also to look at his receiving receiving yards under, even though it's going to be a very low number to begin with. But Miles Sanders under one and a half catches. He has not had multiple catches since week 13. 
Uh, and again, multiple games, two out of the last four games, zero targets, one target, one catch in the game against San Francisco. For to, to me, under all day, you you've you've watched way more Philly games than I have, Sleepy, and known that Miles Sanders can never earn the trust of the Philly coaching staff when it comes to the passing game, and and, and we still see that now to this day. If you go back earlier in the year, like they were trying to use him more in the passing attack, but they weren't throwing anything down the field to him. It was everything was behind the line of scrimmage, and you know it was either. You know, Hertz just threw over, threw it over his head, or he caught it, and he just got, you know, he got clobbered. One thing about Sanders is that if you look at like yards after catches for running backs, he's not very good. Like he gets touched and he he goes down. So that's one of the you know, and that's the 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 plays that are running to him out of the backfield. It's like you need to beat a guy one on one. You need to break a tackle. He doesn't break tackles. So that's uh, anyway. So here's what I will say, Chris. My favorite running back prop. I'm not giving it out on the podcast. We're going to actually put it in our article, our player prop, a Palooza article. Now, you have all the information on that, Chris. My favorite running back props going in that article. So if you guys want that, you're going to have to listen to Chris. He'll tell you where it's at. He'll tell you when it's going to be up and all the other good stuff that we're going to have in that article. You're going to get just as much stuff in that article as you are on this podcast. But, Chris, like, what are we going to do when we're going to drop that? And that's where I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give up my favorite running back prop. Those will start going out starting tomorrow. We'll have, I think it's either going to be a three or four part series with at least five or six bets per article. We're going to have friends of the podcast from the Hitman, Mackenzie Rivers, Uncle Dave Esser. We got our friends from the West Coast Gamblers Pod. We got our friends from ESPN Houston 97.5. We got a bunch of guys, any guy who's written an article basically for us in the past, who's been on a podcast, who's been a friend of the brand, a friend of the podcast on betting predators, is submitting their best bet prop for the game to us and we're going to combine them all together, put them all in one place, get the most, get the best, most up-to-date, most actionable lines to go with those bets and those handicaps. There's going to be a write-up with every single pick as well. So, so expect those to start rolling out this week, starting on Thursday. We're going to have probably one per day through Sunday. And we got a ton of other great free content as well. And if you want to get our full list of best bet bonus props with these exotic props, novelty props head-to-head, uh, go sign up for our free Discord channel. If you go to bettingpredators.com, you'll see the link right at the top menu there. And we have a Super Bowl package for our best bet player props. That's my full player props card, as well as Steve Reader's best bets, our NFL lead handicapper. And that's basically like 50 plus bets for like 20 bucks. So just go to bettingpredators.com. You'll see everything you need to know there, as well as some information on our NBA props package, our golf package. But we got a ton up. We're going to have a ton for free. But if you want to get everything in one place, make sure to hit up our Discord and you can get everything there. All right. So. With that out of the way, why don't we talk a little bit about Mahomes' rushing yards because we saw what he did last game, right? Nobody thought he was going to take off in that game, and sure as hell, there he goes. Mahomes takes off, even though it's a bad image in both of our heads there, Chris. He takes off, he gets a big run there, and uh, unfortunately there was a 15-yard penalty, and that's really what cost the Bengals that game. But you know, Mahomes' rushing yards right now, 18-and-a-half. Would you be comfortable going over that or under that? I would lean more towards the under being the result that happened after that. Like, I get the result, right? All right, they, they end up winning the game. So, look, if Mahomes has to do that, and I think that that's kind of a, a one a one-off situation. Like, at that particular moment, that play called for him to do that. I'm not sure that that situation is going to occur here. You know, I, I'm, I, I can't say that that's going to occur, and I, I couldn't say it was going to occur in the last game. But 18.5 seems kind of high for a guy that, that the result was that he really got hurt after that. Like that one of those, you know, one of the one of the stories that came out was that that play messed up his ankle again. 
So I would lean more towards the under Mahomes 18 and a half rushing yards. I'm not sure how you feel on that, but based on what I saw last game, he's, he, there's a good chance he doesn't run at all in this game. Look, he might not even need to. You know, I, I was actually going to look to bet it over if it was the same as last week. Last week it was like between eight and a half to ten and a half, but it's it's like more than double that now. So it's a stay away under pass for me, not an official bet. Um, going back to the Pacheco McKinnon thing, quick before we move on from running backs, though, Sleepy is uh, I know you, you you have a best bet in our in our premium Discord channel for NFL subscribers on a on a Pacheco prop, but one that I actually g- gave out today that I like in terms of the Pacheco role versus the McKinnon role is you can bet at MGM, and this is close to even money. I think it should be the opposite, where McKinnon is minus 125 and Pacheco is one, minus 105. I like Pacheco longest reception to be longer than McKinnon's longest reception. So it's a head-to-head prop on longest reception of the game. Again, Pacheco almost double the amount of routes run in the AFC Championship game, um, uh, l- more than double the amount of catches and double the amount of targets, and – you look back at the entire season, Sleepy, Pacheco wasn't even involved in a passing game at all until at least midway through the season. But even if you look at their season-long averages, Pacheco is averaging over 12 yards per reception. McKinnon's at barely more than 10. So Pacheco clearly has the most juice here, and he's clearly going to be the focal po- point in terms of stopping the run for the Eagles. When Pacheco's on the field, you know they're more likely to run. When McKinnon's on the field, it's almost like a tell to the defense, Sleepy, that they're going to either throw McKinnon the ball or they're not going to run. So I think there's clearly more opportunity for Pacheco, a younger, more explosive explosive backer. Even if they each get four or five targets, 10 times out of 10, I'm taking Pacheco to have the longest play, longest reception, more than McKinnon. And the fact he's the underdog in that matchup makes me love that bet even more. All right, what about like Pacheco versus Sanders in a head-to-head? Like right now on DraftKings, Pacheco plus five and a half yards. The total combined yards for both of these running backs is 133 and a half. Do you have any feeling on on which way you would go? Because it sounds like it sounds like we're a little bullish here on Pacheco, at least at least his volume, and that's you know that's what we're betting more than anything is his volume. Um, it sounds like we're, we're kind of leaning a little bit more towards Pacheco right now. Again, I'll say in like the most important game of the Chiefs season, look, Pacheco hadn't run Sleepy more than 16 routes in a game all year long for the Chiefs. And in the biggest game of the year against the Bengals, he ran 26 routes. His previous season slash career high was 16, almost had double the amount in that game despite McKinnon being fully healthy. So for me, I I have to look at McKinnon, uh, sorry, not McKinnon, I have to look at Pacheco also over, I, I talked about liking McKinnon under three and a half catches. I love Pacheco over one and a half catches. Uh, I, I think it's almost a toss-up who could get more yards between him and Sanders, depending on a lot of different reasons. I could see Sanders outscoring, outrushing him by a ton. I could see Pacheco also having a slight edge if things go in a certain way. Uh, but I'm going to play the things that I've seen in terms of the role change, in terms of the usage, and the fact that you can get Pacheco, you know, we bet at minus 160. I think that one's close to about minus 200 as well now. But I, I really like that one too. And with with the, I think Sanders' line is pretty efficient. I, I think the Eagles' running backs are pretty efficient. I think if you like the Chiefs to win, you bet Gainwell and Scott under rushing. I think if you like the Eagles to win, then you bet Gainwell and Scott over rushing because when when the Eagles are winning, they're more willing to play those guys. But if they're losing, I, I don't know how many rushes we're going to see from either Gainwell or Scott, if any at all, outside of Sanders if he stays healthy and hurts as well. So. 
Uh, I'm hesitant to play anything on Miles Sanders outside of that first quarter prop and the under receptions. I, I think the rushing yards prop seems kind of right to me. So it's kind of a stay away area for me for this game. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If Philadelphia is down and they have to throw the football, Gainwell will be on the, he'll be on the field quite a bit. But not to run the ball, just to catch the ball. No, not to run the ball. No, I mean, they'll hand it off to him if they need to, but you know how teams are when they're kind of abandoned the run. It's like, you know, you got to get your guy out there to, to go ahead and throw the ball. It's kind of like, you know, P. Ryan and, and Mixon kind of deal. But let me go back to what I was just saying, Chris. The Miles Sanders-Pacheco that I just mentioned, the Pacheco plus five and a half, total 133 and a half, that was for rushing and receiving yards, not just rushing yards. So I misspoke and I was rushing and receiving. And the fact that you kind of don't like Sanders, you know, to go ahead and do anything really in the passing game, we're kind of looking at Pacheco being like, hey, you know, the guy was on 26% of the routes. Kind of leans me to, to think that that's probably not a bad bet to go ahead and play Pacheco, especially if I'm on the on the other side too, saying I think Gainwell is going to get, you know, some some more touches in this game. I, I think that that's actually not a bad bet. The Pacheco rushing and receiving plus five and a half yards, actually. It actually feels pretty good to me. I would maybe, if I had to make a bet there, I, I would just bet the combined yardage under for both players because I, I think there's way more paths to, like, one of those guys busting. And I, I don't know if it's going to be that easy to run on the Eagles as well. So Pacheco could definitely get the receiving work. Sanders could have an average, average day on the ground, get his 55, 60 yards. Pacheco might struggle on the ground and catch a lot of passes, and it's still going to be a tough prop to hit. So I don't hate, I don't hate it, but uh, th- those those combined props, I think there's a lot of value on the unders. We've hit a lot of them since we started betting them earlier in the year, and it's definitely an area I'm going to look to a target uh, even more uh, for next season for sure. I think one of the reasons why I actually like that one is that, you know, we talked about this when Philadelphia played San Francisco, is that, you know, Philadelphia's rush defense was the question mark on that team. You know, could they stop the run? Well, I know Philadelphia, they have they have a good rush defense. The fact of the matter is, is that they just played nothing but star running backs all year long. But I actually think Philly will take a little bit of a different approach here. Like, I don't think they're going to leave Slay, and I don't think they're going to leave Bradbury on an island, even though that those guys have been very good all year long. You're now playing Patrick Mahomes. This isn't Brock Purdy. This isn't Daniel Jones. Those guys aren't going to chew you up the way Patrick Mahomes will. And I think Philly might actually, and this might actually really help their passing defense. Maybe they don't they don't get so aggressive, and maybe they drop some extra guys back in coverage to say we're not going to let Mahomes beat us. If you're going to beat us, beat us with Pacheco. So I actually think that there might be maybe some holes in that Philly rush defense for this game, where it'll kind of be maybe a little bit of a bend and don't break kind of defense. I, I think that they might actually take that approach um, too. So that's just kind of where I'm at, you know, with that whole. You know, with that whole logic, with with you know, with with that particular bet, um, I, I guess we could do wide receivers now. If you want to do that, let's do some passing stuff here, Chris. Um, not sure how you're feeling about some of these receivers. I like a couple here, but I'll let you go ahead and rip a run. You had, I thought you you gave out probably your best prop on the podcast of the year when you went ahead and you were like, yeah, T Higgins over over Juju Smith Schuster. Like that prop after you laid it all out and, and you kind of just talked about it, even before the game went off, I'm like, dude, that's a winner. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't find it. I didn't end up betting it, so I kicked myself in the ass in that one. But um, that that was one of your best props. So I'm not sure if you have anything lined up similar to that with, with some of these guys. But you know, if you lay something out like you did last week, um, I'll, I'll make sure that I bet it this week. Well, that was a minus nine and a half. Higgins wound up with 83 yards. 
Schuster obviously got hurt, only had one catch for seven yards. He wasn't hitting that if he played a full game. He had started having knee issues midway through the season. Midway through the season, and his usage has really dipped a lot. Like he's when healthy, he's been on the field running a lot of routes. He just has not been earning targets. That's a sign that his skill is slipping, which means he's probably banged up. Plus, he's he he doesn't have too much tread on the tires these days after a lot of injuries as well. Even though he's still pretty young in the NFL, so. Unfortunately, I don't really see too much there. Another one we hit was Mixon and Juju combined rushing plus receiving yards under 134 and a half. I think they want Juju had seven yards combined and Mixon wound up with 34 yards. So that went under by almost 100 yards. Uh, again, those combined under props, I think, are the way to go. It's really hard to bet overs for me when it comes to that market, that head to head market. Usually I'm just looking at DraftKings for those, but uh, I was told recently that the offshore books are now offering the head-to-head props on not just the Super Bowl. So I'm excited to see who has the better lines next season. But pretty sure all these books are hanging head-to-heads now. So for me, there's nothing, unfortunately, that I like receiver-wise that. I will say the first bet I made sleeping for the whole Super Bowl almost two weeks ago was I like Devonta Smith over 60.5. I thought it would be bet up by a couple yards. I think it's gone up maybe one, two, three yards, depending on what book you look at. I just think it's great value when you can get Smith over – when he's lying like 13 yards lower than A.J. Brown, I mean, those guys are like two, two number one receivers on the field at the same time. We talk about this being a Chiefs pass funnel secondary. Smith's going to get his looks. He's had like 100-plus receiving yards in four out of the last six or seven games for the Eagles or something along those lines. The talent is there. The matchup is there. It's a close game with a 50-plus point total. I really do like Devonta Smith over the 60-and-a-half still. I, I, I could be comfortable playing that up to about maybe 63, 64, 65, and still feel like I have some value on that prop there. So that, that's the number one prop sleepy that I'm on. Uh, there, there are a couple other ones that I like. I, I In a similar vein, I, I do like Dallas Goddard over 45 and a half receiving yards. And it's kind of like it's a three-headed monster in terms of the Philly passing attack. KC has not done well defending opposing tight ends this year. And when Goddard's been fully healthy, he's been a beast. So I, I just instead of taking AJ Brown in the mid seventies, give me Smith at sixty, give me Goddard at forty five. I'll take those two overs at any day of the week in this matchup. All right, here's what I'm thinking, and you kind of talked to me into this. The last podcast that we did was there's no reason why you can't take like AJ Brown and Devonta Smith over. But here's what I'm thinking about doing, and and tell me if you you know disagree. But I feel like two of these three hit. So if you look right now at the receptions, AJ Brown four and a half. Minus 165. Devonta Smith, four and a half, minus 155. And Dallas Goddard, four and a half, minus 125. Jalen Hurts only completed 15 passes last week. AJ Brown ended up with four catches. Goddard ended up with five. Devonta Smith only ended up with two. But I feel like two of those guys for sure are catching at least five passes, especially in this game. Like Philly hasn't had the throw in the last two games. And if you go back and, like, you were just talking about Smith, like, that dude's getting 10, 11, 12 targets. He's going well well over his yardage, well over his catches. Like, I think five catches, asking two of these guys to catch five passes in this game isn't asking a lot. Like, they're not using Quez Watkins. They're not using Pascal. Um, they're not using Miles Sanders. Like, if Gainwell's not stealing a couple a couple uh, catches in this game, then I don't, I don't see why these guys don't get targeted enough to at least get five catches. I'm not too worried about about the Kansas City secondary. I think they're half decent, but these guys get separation. These are, you know, two of the best wide receivers in the league and, and 
Obviously, Goddard, you know, one of the better tight ends. Like, I could see two of these guys, maybe even all three of them, going over their catches. So, I know they're juiced. Shop around and look. But I would actually just go ahead and just play all the Philly guys to get five catches because I would think A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith would be at like five and a half. But the fact that those guys are at four and a half with juice, I'll eat juice. I have no problem with that. It's it's here's here's my thing. And I don't know if you agree with this, Chris, like it's easier to win a bet when the number when you feel that the number's wrong and you have to pay the juice. But if the number's right at five and a half, now you're asking me to go ahead and get six and six. That's tough. Well, yeah, I don't want to like bet six catches at minus 110. I'd rather bet, you know, four and a half. I only need five at minus one fifty, so it's easier to it's easier to deal with it with when it's four and a half. That's just my opinion. So, I think playing all three of them over is it might be the way to go. Yeah, uh, I think for me it just goes back to the yardage where they're all juiced over to four and a half, but you're getting like almost a thirty yard discount compared from Goddard to AJ Brown. You're getting almost a fifteen yard discount from Smith to AJ Brown. So. I'll just take those two guys over the yardage and, and, and worry about the rest later. I love A.J. He's, AJ Brown's one of my favorite players in the league, but you get you got to pay a premium on him to go over for the yardage there. So uh, I, I wouldn't, I'm not betting any of those guys under for sure. I think they all have plus matchups on paper at least. Uh, so I don't, don't think that's a bad way to go. That, that's my preferred way of doing it there. Uh, let, let's talk about some unders real quick, though, Sleepy. You mentioned Quez, Walken, what, Quez Watkins. I talked about him last week. We hit a double dip under on him, under one and a half catches against San Francisco. We also hit him under his yardage. It was like 16, 18 and a half two weeks ago. Now it's at 12 and a half. I, and I will preface this by saying Uncle Dave submitted his, his, his top free prop for our Prop Palooza article. He actually likes Quez Watkins over 12 and a half yards. Uh, you can actually bet – if you like Quez Watkins, you can bet him over 10 and a half yards at, at points bet actually. But that's another story for another day. I love Quest Watkins under the receptions, though. Under one and a half receptions. We talked about Miles Sanders declining usage in the passing game. How about Quest Watkins, man? Like, he started the year as the clear-cut number three receiver on this team behind Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. Sleepy, the, la- the last two weeks in the two most important games of the year for Philly, oh, the last three weeks, the last two games, he- he's, had- he's run 21 combined routes. He used to average 25-plus routes per game. So his role has been cut-, cut in almost more than half uh, – over the course of these playoffs compared to the regular season here. And Pascal's been right up there with him in terms of routes run. So I, I like Pascal. You can bet him under 10 and a half yards at points bet for like minus 200. I love that. Even if, even if you want to bet Pascal like under four and a half yards, which I think a few other books have as well. I'll take the under 10 and a half though. That should be like closer to minus 300. So I'll take Pascal under yards. I'll take Quez under receptions. And I'll also strong lean for me to Quez Watkins under the yardage. If you can get anything at 12 and a half, or higher in terms of the under there. So those are guys that their their roles aren't that big. They're running like 10, 15 routes a game, and their targets per route run rate are extremely low. Uh, This is a very concentrated passing attack between Brown, Smith, and Goddard. The only way you don't hit those unders, in my opinion, is if one of those guys gets hurt. I'd be very surprised to see those guys get more than one target per game, which is what we've seen over the last month plus uh, for this team here. Quez Watkins has one target or less in three out of his last four games. And what you have to remember, Sleepy, as an Eagles watcher, you know this, like you you see a lot of Eagles games being up in the Northeast there. Uh, ever since Goddard came back, Quez Watkins has disappeared. So it's not just Quez Watkins not playing well. It's the emergence of Dallas Goddard coming back in the starting lineup and assuming that wide receiver three role, even though he's listed as a tight end on the depth chart. So that's why I still like 
Quez Watkins under is for the Super Bowl here. Yeah, I don't mind that. And I think that there's, a, you know, it's the last game of the season. I think one way that, that you can go ahead and kind of maybe attack this is that, like what Chris just said, like it's going to take an injury for one of these guys to go over. But, you know, maybe it is Watkins. Maybe it's Pascal. I don't know. Just parlay them. Parlay Pascal, parlay Watkins. If Smith goes down or Brown goes down, you know what, you're going to end up with both guys, you know, needing two catches. Well, there's a good chance of that happening. Obviously, if you take a guy like A.J. Brown, you have to spread the ball. You know, there's a chance you can end up with, with like a correlated parlay because one guy went down and you don't have to, you know, pick and choose and the market's going the other way on both guys. So it might actually offer a little bit of value and, you know, instead of, you know, just Oh yeah, hey, great. Yeah, I hit my quiz Watkins. You probably hit them both. You know, you're probably gonna hit one both of those lesser receivers. So um, but it, look, it, Philly doesn't need anything else. Like they don't need anything outside of Smith, Brown, and Goddard. Like, what more do they need? So it's hard for me to go ahead and even and even say that betting Quez Watkins over is, is a good idea. Like I, we were on the podcast last week, Chris. I said he might get two targets. Might. And he got one. And that was I thought fortunate. So, yeah, um, I don't know uh, what to do with him really outside of that. As far as the Kansas City wide receivers, it's tough, Chris, because you don't know who's healthy. You don't necessarily know who's going to play, who's going to be, you know, if they are playing, who's going to be 100%. You know, even even in last week where, you know, we had all these guys go down, guys in, on the Chiefs stepped up, and it was like, hey, you know, I'm on this team too. You know, get me a target here, get me a target there. You know, Tony, Tony as of right now is going to play. Juju's going to play. All these guys are, are supposedly going to play. So as far as Kansas City goes, I don't know. I mean, outside of Kelsey, I don't know, honestly. And I, I don't even want to take – I don't want to even and play any of them, to be honest with you. I don't want to play him under. I don't want to play him over because Mahomes shows at times what he can do. You know, he'll pick a guy out and be like, that's my dude for this game. And Andy Reid's a, a really creative play caller. You know, we saw what he did last week where he just took McKinnon right out of the playbook and it was all Pacheco. Not a lot of people saw that. Um, so I don't know. But Kelsey's not going away. So if I looked at anything over, you know, it would be over Kelsey, and then the rest I would, I honestly would just leave alone. Look to maybe fade some of those guys in head to heads because I think there's a chance that somebody like Juju, who's not healthy, Tony, who's probably not healthy, you know, if you could find those guys in any type of head to head where you think that there might be some value, because those guys could literally roll goose eggs. Like if Juju goes out there, tweaks his knee, he's out. You no, know, Darius Tony can go out there and not tweak anything and still end up with a goose egg end up with with no part of the game. So I would look to fade more of those guys and maybe in head-to-heads um, than anything versus, you know, going ahead and playing their yardage under because their yardage isn't exactly all that high. It's not like it, it doesn't scare me to go, um, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll play them over, I'll play them under. So I don't, I don't know what to do with those guys. Yeah, you know, I, I tend to agree there. Here's one thing that I don't hear talk that much about, Sleepy, and I did a special – a guest podcast with our friends of the West Coast Gamblers, or formerly of the West Coast Gamblers, that with the Gaming Society now. Shout out to our guy Tony Cavallo. We partnered up with his company and Wager Wire to do a cross promo podcast, and we posted it here on our Betting Predators feed. If you get a chance to check it out, we go we do a really deep dive on, on player props with a few other friends of the pod as well. Uh, not as a deep dive as this, but talking about a little more game props and things like that and game breakdown stuff. But anyways, my whole point of that. Uh, talking about that, as, as I brought up this on that podcast, which is that the Chiefs don't have a primary slot receiver, Sleepy, and how you beat the Eagles through the air if you're going to do it is through the slot. So what I want to do is I, I just want to focus real quick on the advanced route numbers you can get from PFF if you have a subscription there. Uh, the Chiefs have like almost 10 guys that have a slot route percentage rate 
of between 30% to 45, 50%. Sky Moore, backup tight end Jody Fortson, Travis Kelsey, Juju, MVS, Kadarius Toney, Marcus Kemp's on the on the few snaps he gets. Justin Watson also at 31% slot rate. These guys don't have defined roles. Kansas City is one of the top two, two offenses in terms of how many routes they send guys out of the slot on a given season this year. So that all goes to say is that you can't just say, well, MVS runs all the outside routes and he's going to get shut down by Slay and Bradbury. That's not how the Chiefs play MVS. That's just what we think based off what we've seen MVS in his career. So, yeah, some of these routes, uh, route rates might be inflated because of injuries, but this is taking the entire season, regular season, plus postseason, which is why I like a guy like Justin Watson in DFS. I actually think Mar- Marcus Valdez-Scantling is underrated in terms of his receptions prop because he's running a slot route on 40% of the routes he runs on the field. If he's if he's running 40% of the slot routes and he's fully healthy, then I'm betting him over two and a half cat- catches all day, every day. Now, granted, I have not bet any Chiefs uh, uh, receptions over his props yet because I want to see the full practice report this week from Juju, from Tony, et cetera. Uh, but that's how you want to attack that. Justin Watson, 31% slot route rate, and his over-under for catches is one and a half. We saw Richie James, basically the primary slot guy for the Giants, rack up seven catch, uh, catches in that blowout game in the, in the divisional round. So I think there's a lot more than meets the eye here with these receptions props for the Chiefs. And if I want to bet overs for the Chiefs, I'm betting them in the receptions market because that's where Mahomes is going to find success, especially in a year where he's played very well without Tyree Kill because he's taking what the defenses give him on the other side, whether it's the Kelsey whether it's the guys like Tony, MVS, Juju in the slot. These, these guys all run routes out of the slot. So I want, I want to pick off the low numbers. Justin Watson, one and a half. MVS, two and a half. Juju, three and a half. Now, Juju, I don't like as much because we talked about the injury concerns with him earlier, but that's the way I want, want to look at attacking these Chiefs pass catchers. The only bet that I've actually made in terms of a Chiefs wide receiver sleepy is I actually really like Kadarius Tony over it's 19 and a half yards, man. If Kadarius Tony's out there for 10 routes, he's going to get like four or five targets. He needs one catch to, to pay this off potentially. They're going to try to use him in creative ways. They're going to shoot him up if he gets banged up with some cortisol or whatever they use at halftime in this game. I, don't, I expect him to at least give it a full go. They don't have to worry about him getting hurt and not having to play in the game after because there is no game after. So he has the most juice. Tony, you cannot, cannot debate that despite his injuries, he's been very fragile the last season and a half. He is the, the most talented wide receiver the Chiefs have. They're going to have to use him in this game to have success of the year until he gets hurt. Hopefully he doesn't. But to me, that's just way too low of a number for Kadarius Tony. So I do like him over 19 and a half. You probably can only get in the low 20s right now, but I, I don't mind that over either uh, at that number either. I actually wouldn't mind playing Valdez Scantling over to two and a half catches. You know, it's it's a littered with, with a lot of injuries, obviously. And you have to ask yourself, like, who's who's been there all year long? Who's been, you know, Mr. Reliable? Who goes into, you know, preparation week 100% healthy, ready to go out there and go, you know, execute whatever game plan's in order? And you can't – I mean, you can't argue against me that Marquez Valdez-Scantling is, is the healthiest receiver on this team probably. Probably ready. He came off of a monster game, uh, a game in which they don't win if he's not on the field, which is insane to even think about. Um because in my opinion, Valdez Scantling is not all that great. But the fact that he had eight targets, six catches in the last game against the Bengals, 
Like he was like the guy they had to go to, but did they really have to go away from him? You know, in, in that game, it doesn't matter if Tony or, or Juju's on the on the field. I don't know. I don't. Just two and a half catches for a guy who 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 got you here. Um, he was massive in that game. I think he gets rewarded in two and a half catches. Um, I, don't know, I would I would consider playing that over. That's just kind of where I'm at because we were just talking about maybe kind of going ahead and, and saying, hey, you know, if if Quez walk, let's just say, you know, Quez Watkins and, and Pascal end up getting extra touches because a, a Philly wide receiver goes down. Well, those guys are healthy, but the Chiefs guys aren't. At least we, we kind of know that now. Valdez Scantling could easily become, let's just say right now, I'm not saying that this is the case, but he could be the number one option going into this game. And if anybody goes down and we have two guys that are banged up and might not be full goes or, or 100%, then he easily becomes the number one option on this team. So, it would be tough for me to go ahead and play Valdez Scantling on. Like, actually, I would never play that under. It would only be an over for me. I'm actually thinking about going ahead and playing that and making that a bet because the more I think about it, there's more ways for me to win that bet than than there are to lose that bet. Um, that's kind of the way I'm thinking about it. How do you feel about him overall? And do you think there's a chance he could become the number one just because of you know everything I kind of laid out there? I, I, he definitely earned the trust of Mahomes in that game. He came through, even though, you know, fantasy managers kind of joked about him all year long where you don't want to play him in DFS ever, even though he's a big play threat. Uh, shout, shout out to Valdez Scanling, by the way. I'm a University of South Florida alumni. That's, that's a fellow USF Bull in action. MVS, I, I love seeing guys from USF do well in the NFL, even though it's against my team on the biggest stage in the AFC Championship game there. So I was happy to see MVS come through because he's been shit on like all year, man. You know what I mean? It was good to see him have a big game. But like I was saying with the slot route rate is that the last uh, five straight weeks now where he's had a slot percentage route rate of 39% or higher. So he's running he's running like uh, about 40 routes per game and 20 of those are out of the slot. So two and a half catches to me, he's the only healthy receiver they have. And he's a full-time player. And, and what's, what's the over-under sleepy on Mahomes completions, on the over-under on attempts? They can't all go to Kelsey. So to me, two and a half is too low. That's one I've had my eye on all week. And when you add the injury risk to a guy like Juju and Tony, who have both been very fragile this season, you don't, you, don't, you, you can't bet the under. And the, the lazy handicapping, I've heard multiple people say it this week, is that, well, MVS is an outside receiver. He's going to get shut down by Slay and Bradbury. Why am I talking and going on a rant about slot route rates? It's because of that reason alone. This is not the Chiefs offense that people are talking about in that type of lazy handicapping way. These guys all rotate in and out. So I, I like to attack those low numbers. Tony's receiving yards, MVS receptions, maybe even Justin Watson receptions. Because when Justin Watson has been healthy, he's been running like a full-time receiver in this offense too. You could see three wide receiver sets here where it's Tony, where it's, I'm sorry, where it's MVS and Watson. And then they're just rotating Juju and Tony to keep them healthy. So that, that, that's a big possibility here too. All right, so do you have anything else for the wide receivers, whether it be receptions, catches, touchdown catches, any, anything along those lines? I'm just waiting on the practice reports for Juju and Tony to kind of make my final bets there for the Chiefs, but all, all the other bets that I've made earlier in the week, I still stand by. All right, um, and you put a bunch of those up in our Discord as of right now. I, I, like, if anybody wants Super Bowl props, they can go to Discord, right, and go get them. We got our we have we have two different Discord channels. We have a free Discord channel that anybody can join. The links at the top of our website, and, and then we have our premium package for NFL props. I've got about fifteen NFL uh, player props in our premium package because those are the ones you can get the most down on. They're just regular player props. 
And then in terms of these novelty props, a lot of these head-to-heads, things like that, uh, I got 20 of those in our free in our free NFL channel, betting channel on Discord there too. So about 35 combined so far. Might might hit 50 by the time kickoff hits, but these aren't like all correlated. If they, if if the if the game script goes one way or the other, uh, I feel confident in a lot of these bets having merit, no matter how the game script goes. Been doing a lot of research over these last two weeks now, so I feel good about it. I feel good about the volume, and uh, we had a decent amount of volume two weeks ago. We did very well in the conference championship round, so. I'm excited to have another good day here. All right. Let's talk some defensive props. I have two here. Both of them are on Eagles players. This one's just wrong. Hassan Reddick to record a half of a sack at minus 165. I'll eat that juice all day long. If you saw what he did in the game against San Francisco, he was like a man possessed in that first quarter. One of the reasons why San Francisco was down the quarterbacks was because of Hassan Reddick. So if you don't think this guy's coming in here trying to have like an MVP type game, um, you're out of your mind. And I get it. Like, look, the Chiefs, good offensive line, but it didn't matter. Like San Francisco had no answer for this guy. Uh, Philly's going to be aggressive with him. They have to be aggressive with him. Um, You have to get some type of pressure on Mahomes or he's going to eat you alive. So a a quarter of a sack at minus 165, I'll bet that all day long. And then the other one I like is CJ Gardner-Johnson over five and a half tackles. And the reason I like that is if you go back and you look at the Bengals' leading tackler in that game, it was Von Bell. Well, Von Bell and C.J. Gardner, they're the same same position. So I think that Kansas City is going to do what they did, well, actually what they've been doing in the playoffs. Like, for some reason, Mahomes loves the middle of the field, and it's a lot of it's just dump-offs to you know wide receivers in the slot like Chris Wesleyan or, or, it's, or it's Travis Kelsey right in the middle of the field. Well, Von Bell ended up feeding off that. I think he had eight tackles in that game. Gardner Johnson, he's I think he's the third leading tackler on this team. So I'm just looking to go ahead and just kind of just play that angle because I don't think Mahomes is looking to, you know, go deep on Bradbury or Slay. Everything's probably going to be concentrated in the middle of the field where, in my opinion, that's the Philly weakness. Their weakness is at linebacker. Now, I know Reddick plays linebacker, but he moves all over the place. But outside of Reddick, you know, the Philly linebackers aren't exactly um, all that scary, if you ask me. But yeah, I think Sidney Gardner-Johnson actually stands a pretty good chance to rack up six-plus tackles here. And for as much as Mahomes throws the ball, um, if it was a running game, you know, I, I could say, okay, his tackles would be down. But Mahomes just throws the ball too much. I mean, he's throwing it 40 times a game. It doesn't matter. And I think against Philadelphia, in my opinion, I think the game script is going to call for Kansas City to have to throw the ball because I think they'll be down. So Sidney Gardner-Johnson, uh, over five-and-a-half tackles for me. I like that one as well. And that's all I have for uh, – Right now, as of right now, that's all I have for defensive props. On a side note, uh, about five minutes ago, Durant was traded to the Suns. So there you go for some uh, news for four first-round picks. Nuh-uh. Yep. Wow. I just, I, just gave, I just gave out Suns to win the Western Conference plus 800 in our NBA Discord. Hopefully a couple people can still get it. Wow. That's yep. – uh... That's interesting news. So there you guys go, breaking news. And you guys, if you if you're waking up in the morning and this is the first thing you pop on, you don't go to, you know, you don't go to ESPN. You guys are gonna get some breaking news there. So interesting. I'm sure I'll uh, I'll be talking about that shortly. If you're in our Discord, I'm spamming you at 1:30 a.m. to go bet the Suns plus 800 to win the West. So there you go. Wow. All right, go ahead. Talk defensive props because we'll get. We don't want to get sidetracked. Yeah. <laughs> Sleepy, I love I love the Eagles defense. I'm all over the Eagles sack props in this game. I, I don't want 
I, I think in terms of like a correlated type of prop, this besides besides those unders on McKinnon, Quez Watkins, I would say this is probably my basic, big, biggest exposure here is taking advantage of the by far and away to me the the, the best defensive line in the league from top to bottom, right? Um, I like the Eagles money line sacks. Uh, Mackenzie Rivers disagrees with me there, uh, but I do like that one uh, minus one twenty five against the Chiefs. They've got five, six guys. I mean, they set the record for sacks, man. Uh, Mahomes still isn't 100% with his ankle. He can't get outside the pocket as much as usual. Um, so I think they get home a little bit. Even the Bengals, like a – Bengals have a decent pass rush. They got the Mahomes for three sacks in that game. So I think the Eagles are going to get the Mahomes here and have a little success. I love the Reddick prop, man. That's one of my favorite. The Reddick over, over 0.25 sacks – uh, that's one of my top five props of the weekend, no doubt. Uh, and here, how about this sleep? Uh, I found these on the MGM's prop sheet. I bet four head-to-head sack props, and they're basically the same philosophy here. I like Hargrave sacks versus Frank Clark at plus 130. I like Fletcher Cox sacks versus Frank Clark at plus 175. And then on the flip side, I'll take Hargrave and Cox against Chris Jones as well. For a little bit less, probably a half unit versus Clark. And then I'll take a quarter unit each against Jones. Uh, Hargrave, you can get at plus 200. And then Fletcher Cox to have more sacks than Chris Jones at plus 275. Um, Chris Jones is, is the threat on the Chiefs' defensive line, but this is the best offensive line in the league from Philly here. And you can attack some of the weaknesses on the Chiefs' line on the edges and, and certain spots in the interior on certain plays. So I think these guys are live to have sacks in this game. I believe that the Eagles will have more sacks and that Frank Clark is at like five, six sacks of the year where uh, these other guys we're talking about, they had double digit sacks this year close to it. So I really like those are the only ones I can get. I heard there was like some Reddick versus Clark props earlier in the week or earlier yesterday. I couldn't find them. If you can find Reddick versus Frank Clark, that might be my favorite prop of the entire weekend. Uh, but that's how I'm looking to attack here is, you know, we saw Frank Clark with the big game against the Bengals uh, along with Chris Jones, but this is literally polar opposite ends of the spectrum here in terms of Bengals offensive line versus Eagles offensive line. So that's how I'm getting at it. I also like the Eagles defense just to have over two and a half sacks in general. I bet that a little bit of juice there at Superbook minus 150, but uh, those are all the props I like. And I'm kind of putting all those together, probably about maybe two, Two and a half units total combine all those uh, props all together for me. All right. Good stuff there. Um, that's funny because the KD stuff just made my mind spin. I'm sitting here searching for looking for books where they offer Suns to win the title, seeing if they messed up and had some odds up. But looks like everybody took those down. But um, looks like Westbrook is no longer a Laker. So that's a done deal as well. I'm not sure if you have any kicker props here, Chris, or anything else to go ahead and kind of wrap this one up. Um, I don't have any kicker props. Um, that I just I honestly don't like kicker props when it comes to the Super Bowl. I just don't. So I I usually just avoid those, you know, at all costs. And a lot of these props, like I think one thing that that people get in in the trouble with is that like it's enticing. Like oh, who's gonna get the first sack of the game? It's like oh yeah, thirteen to one. Like that shit, like that that'll that'll get you killed. You know, when going ahead and just betting, you know, a hundred props where everything's very correlated to the over, everything's very correlated to the under. You know, you can get slaughtered. And, you know, one thing that, that, you know, Chris has a lot of props, but he's mixing it up where, 
you know, he's he's it, it's nothing's dependent on on that the game goes one way or the other. You know, yeah, there'll be a slight lean there, but no, if you're banking on the game over and you love the game over, don't just go bet all the players over because you run you run the you run the risk of having a really bad Super Bowl and and you know ending your season on a really bad note. So I will say that, but you know some of the props that they offer are just they're very enticing. But you want to stay away from you know some of the you know needle in the haystack kind of stuff. You know betting the yeses and nos, you know stuff like that, the overs and unders, shit like that, the head to heads. That that stuff's all good. That's kind of where you want to be at, but. Kicker props, I don't have anything else, Chris. I don't know if you have any game props or kicker props, but I, I think that's pretty much all really we probably need to – unless you got any cross-sport specials, I know you were bringing that up as well. I tried to find them. I, I just couldn't because I'm just now wrapping my head back into NBA and golf. So there was no golf stuff I saw, unfortunately. That, that's my next biggest specialty outside NFL props and fantasy. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's a few kicker props. Actually, the second prop I p- played for the entire Super Bowl – was Butker over one and a half field goals made at about minus 115, minus 120. And the preface here for me is that I think the Chiefs will be able to move the ball between the 20s here. And I also greatly respect the Eagles defense. I think there will be some times where, again, we've seen Andy Reid be a little more on the conservative side of things when it comes to playoff postseason play for the Chiefs in his, in his tenure, not just with the Chiefs, but with the Eagles back in the day. Um, and this is a big game for him playing against his old franchise too. But I just think that Butker is one of the best kickers in the league. And this is going to be a great environment for kicking, for punting, for kicking, for everything like that, being in the dome, being in good weather. So I like Butker over he, – he, he's got a, about a 60% plus hit rate on that when it comes to games over the last two months of the season. If you actually look at games over the last couple of years where the Chiefs have uh, been in games that have been decided by seven points or less, he's even hit a higher rate than that as well. Obviously, we have a one-and-a-half point, two-point spread here. So I like Butker over one-and-a-half made field goals. I also like Harrison Butker money line field goals made versus Jake Elliott, which is also about minus 115, minus 120, depending on where you shop. Uh, so that's how I'm getting at that prop there. We, we've we've seen the Eagles be far more aggressive going forward on fourth down, whether it's in their own territory, in opposing territory, where they, they're going for the first down over a field goal attempt. I think that's more than likely to happen for the Eagles side rather than the Chiefs side. Uh, so I like Butker over the one and a half. I like Butker more made field goals than Elliott. Another one that I uh, uh, that I like here, and I'll leave out the game props. We'll save that for another time or another podcast or something. But um, I like the uh, the punter for the Chiefs Townsend uh, to have a longer punt than the, it's. It, this is actually this is a game prop, so I lied. But <laughs> this is the one game prop I'll give out for this for this uh, podcast here. Chiefs longest punt versus Eagles longest punt. It's minus two hundred. But look at the Eagles; they have their backup punter from where they started the season, his long punt of the entire year is like 52, 53 yards. Townsend had a 70-yarder earlier in the year. He's had multiple 60-plus yard punts. Uh, he's a very good punter overall. And again, I think the Chiefs are likely to punt more, go for less fourth downs than the Eagles were uh, based on what we've seen so far this year in the play calling. So I, I think this would probably be closer to like minus 250, minus 300. Chiefs' longest punt versus Eagles. I also really like that prop too. All right, good stuff there. I, you know, there was one goofy prop, and this is one that that I kind of thought that would probably cash, and that's if the first coach's challenge would actually be successful. And the yes is minus one thirty-five, and I think that the, that the yes has taken money for good reason. Like this is the most important game. Like guys, like you need to be right. Like your coach is signaling down, saying yes, we need to challenge this shit. Um, he needs to be right. And they need to get the, the, the they just need to get the challenge right. I mean, it's a Super Bowl. You can't lose a challenge. You can't burn timeouts. 
um, in this particular game because that could be the one thing that comes back to haunt you. So uh, I don't think these guys are going to throw the flag unless they are certain, uh, one, that, that, that it's right, and two, that it's going to help them out. Um, and I'm not certain that – I'm guessing that in the rules that if a challenge isn't even, even you know, that they even use a challenge flag – that you probably would get reimbursed for your wager. So if there is a challenge flag, I'm guessing that the yes is is, is probably the way to go. So that's just kind of where I'm at with like one of those goofy props. That's one thing that I did find. But um, I don't really have anything else, Chris. I mean, we have a bunch of other stuff that we can get to and get into some of this niche stuff. Like we were talking, you know, MVPs. Uh, you know, we, we didn't even really talk about touchdown scores and shit like that. So you know, we kind of just want to knock out a bunch of players, maybe some game props. But I mean, the, the we could do four hours on a podcast. So I, I think maybe we cut it short, but if you got anything else, uh, I think I'm pretty much wrapped up for tonight. No, like I said, hit the link on our web at the top of our website to join our free discord channel. If you want to get all my premium player pops, uh, we got about 15 of those so far. I might add a few more before Sunday here. You can get that just for 20 bucks. You can get like basically $1 a pick there. Uh, we hit really, really good in the conference championship round. The last couple of years, we had about a 60% hit rate on all of our subscriber premium NFL props, about the same rate this year as well. So looking to keep the continued success going, hit, hitting on a lot more unders this year uh, than previous years, which is a goal that I had coming into the season. So very excited about the future future of that and continued success there. But not you can find everything on the website. You can find links to our Discord. Make sure to hop in there. Join the community. A lot of fun conversations going around this time of the year for basketball, for golf, for NFL, for things like that. So a lot of a lot of new announcements coming for bettingpredators.com and the products we're going to be offering. So I'm very happy to get into that in the near future. And if you're still listening now, make sure to hop on, uh, leave us a rating and review if you can. It really helps out a lot, whether it's on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this. We really appreciate you and all the support you've given us all year, man. I'm, I'm super excited for the game, sleep, Sleepy. I still want to go through like 200 more props, see if I can find five or 10 more that I like. Probably want wind up going into Sunday with about 50 all together. So, so I'm, I'm going to be locked and loaded, man. I'm ready to go. All right, man. So we'll go ahead. We'll get back to you guys with some more prop stuff here uh, as soon as we can. But you guys know where to find Chris and I on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame at Mad Journalist. And you guys could always get us at thebettingpredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the games. <laughs>